Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bedrock City Presents Uncanny Universe Podcast. And on this week's episode, we are talking about Miss Marvel 4, 5, and 6. That's right. There's been so much going on the past uh, few weeks that we did not get to review the individual episodes, but that's fine. Uh, but uh, if you are concerned about spoilers, don't worry. We're not going to get to the review till after the news. So, Dylan, what did you find this week? All right. Well, okay. I'll start with The Boys. I know uh, that just ended. Michael, what do you think? You know, what, oh, like, uh, you know, I, I was um, betrayed, bewildered, um, mm-hmm. stabbed in the back. It was crazy, right? Yeah, it was crazy. Insane. Um, well, that spinoff that we've been talking about, we had no title for it, no information really. Now we have a little bit more. It's called Gen V, which V is what they call the chemical used to make the superheroes in this universe. Um, it's made by Vought, which is the company. Okay. It's a whole thing. It's a it's an in-universe corporation. Uh, and this, yeah. The show is called Gen V. And it's, I know uh, a little bit about the boys. Not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. It's a it's a college um, featuring a reverent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an irreverent R-rated series that explores the lives of hormonal competitive soups as they put their physical, sexual, and moral boundaries to the test. Competing sexual. for the best contracts in the best cities. Um, so I think that's that's kind of cool. It's going to be fun. I think it's a it's a little it sounds a little bit like My Hero Academia, but obviously it's going to be a yeah disturbed but, version of it. Yeah, right with that boys uh, glow up. Um, yeah, I've noticed that there was a big run on boys stuff this week, so. Interesting. I, I guess that makes sense since the season ended. I think every time the season ended, people are like, do I want to wait a year to know anymore? Or should I try and read it? You know, how, how faithful is it? I know you haven't read all the boys, but how faithful are people saying it is? I've only read, I'll be honest, a few issues, like maybe three. Oh, wow. Of okay. the boys. And uh, it was not very faithful at all. Okay. Um, and the books were bad. So, okay. I. Wow. I know we're here to sell comics, but I would suggest sticking with the show. There's other better comics you can spend your money on, you know? Wow. Sorry. You heard sorry it here first. It. You Sorry Sometimes to this the man. the movie's better. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's true. We should do an episode on things where the adaptation's better than the source material. So so dump on the uh, the comic material? Yeah. Like, dump, say, which comics suck? Source material. Yeah. Uh, or I mean, books. That's not, either one. Right. That's happened to us a few times with our book club. Yeah, it has. Yeah, Annihilation. Has. Shout out to Annihilation. People really like that movie, and the movies. I, I need to see I it again. It, I just had we just had a terrible theater experience, and that really soured the movie for me. Yeah, go back and listen to book, our Annihilation review from whenever two, three years, four years ago. I don't know. Yeah, we were doing the show too long. I don't know. But people like that book too, and I hated it. So I hated I don't know. that book. I hated that book. Alex Garland did what he could with did that his source best. material. <laughs> Like I was, wait, I'm getting it confused. No, that was the one that like it's like a bunch of three slim yeah. books. I hated those. The so Southern much. Reach, Southern Reach, or whatever. Yes, yeah. thank you. I gave them one stars and I on uh, uh, Goodreads. <laughs> I hated them. Dang, that's one that's garbage. Okay, never, never recommend. An instant classic. Yeah. Okay. Not well. Speaking of source material and it being faithful. Um, okay, I know it's a segue. Everyone is holding their breath for The Winds of Winter, the next <laughs> Game of Thrones book, not the final one, the next one. Um, and you know, George R. R. Martin is pretty good about updating on his website all the time, saying on I'm not a blog, on it. yeah, yeah, which is a um, blog. and interesting. Like, people, people have been saying ever since the show aired, like, 
uh, I hope the book's different because I didn't like the the way it ended. Um, yeah, I think that maybe there's a way a universe where that plot could still happen and be satisfying if it was told differently. You know, um, I, I agree. But, I think bad guy Danny works, but it didn't yeah. in the final season because the season was bad. But I don't know how you make King Bran uh, work, but like, you know, remember, think... remember talking about Game of Thrones every week and being so invested in this thing, and then it's just now it's a punchline. We were all humbled very quickly, uh, man, real quick. <laughs> Bran, <laughs> um, <laughs> what? Well, my guess is I'm sure he will never admit this, and it's probably not true, but. I think that he got like a, a blessing and that oh he got to test out the plot points that he because he did choose all of that, you know. Of course, he gave them the plot points. Absolutely. Yeah. He did. Um, and he saw the negative reaction. And now he's saying this. Is all, I'll read what he said. Um, one thing I can say in general enough terms that I will not be spoiling anything. It's that not all of the characters who survived until the end of Game of Thrones will survive until the end. And a lot of and Song of Ice and Fire and not all the characters who died in Game of Thrones will die in a song of ice and fire basically he's saying that um yes some things you saw on hbo game of thrones will look very different in winds of winter um well yeah. he was definitely so, given that gift right of seeing the yeah. negative reaction but the, but the real question of course is is that due to the story choices or the execution and i think definitely as you were saying earlier more more on the execution because that last season was capital bad bad i would be shocked if it ends I think it's going to look extremely different from the show because he's probably been spooked from seeing that through. If I had to guess, you know, here's what I think. I think I might've said this before. I think my conspiracy theory with why this is taking so long is he's actually writing the last two and he's going to just drop them both. Is that wish wish fulfillment? Like, Oh, I don't care. I have have no dog in that fight. I've never read any of these books. I don't care to. Um, I, I think he wants to be done with it. Because although he does have a large list of uh, unfinished series, so that is also possible that he's just <laughs> taking forever to do this. So uh, I guess we'll find out. Never. Yes, never. That would be nice. That, wouldn't that be crazy if he laminated the last book? Uh, that'd be amazing. Um, it's not going to happen. I disagree with you. I think he's just that slow. Um, very, very well could be. But wouldn't that be great? Um, yes. Okay, so uh let's see speaking of things that are going to come out in forever from now uh star wars the acolyte oh, it's sure. one of the spin-off <laughs> movies we've been talking about uh we update y'all every time something happens and um a couple things have been rumored to um move the the production along here it's supposed to be starting pretty soon um we know that Leslie uh, Headland, who did Russian Doll, is the head writer of the show. Oh, okay. But it looks like Kate Heron is involved in some some capacity. They said, and that's the director of Loki. Okay. Um, and I thought the directing on Loki was really good. All my problems were with the writing uh, or with yeah. the script, you know. But I actually thought visually and like stylistically, it was one of the better one of the best Disney plus Marvel shows, you know? So mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing to bring the Loki director onto a star Wars thing. Um, and then the other thing is, I'm not sure how confirmed this is or if it was, but it's that it's a high Republic era uh, series. Okay. That's good. Um, good that they're um, bringing that off of print or out from. Print, yeah. I should say. 
I think people have been a little bit nervous about it because it's not that popular in book or comic form, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but the diehards, of course. Yeah. But the like, diehards will hate the show no matter boy. what, you know? I feel like maybe not. There's a world where a Star Wars comes out and everyone loves it, right? Man, no. Okay, am I... Help me out. This is unrelated. Okay, what's up? Am I misremembering or was did everyone like A Force Awakens when it came out and then later decided it was bad? I think it... I, mm. I remember seeing it and everyone I talked to thought it was good, myself included. I still think it's good. But then it became like everyone echoed like, oh, it's just A New Hope again. Like, and I agree. I, I, I internet think, opinion. I think it... I mean, I'm sure people, there are people that didn't like it when it came out, but of course, yeah, there's definitely people that I know that liked it when we saw it and then didn't like it later after I'm sure watching a YouTube video about it. Right. Yeah. Um, It's weird how that happens. It's like, um, I remember, and then, and they pretend they've always had, had that opinion. It's like um that's what I don't like, yeah. Yeah, it's like uh Legend of Zelda this is a gaming analogy. Like a uh, Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask um was not as popular as Ocarina of Time. It was the sequel to the most popular Zelda game uh, or one of the most popular I should say, uh Ocarina of Time. Um and it was pretty divisive at launch. But now everybody loves it. Majora's Mask is actually better than Ocarina of Time. It's like what you know, you you used to hate this game and now they've got a remaster you you suddenly love it. Come on, get out of here. Like it's same thing with, uh, with the star Wars stuff. I think it's like, th- there's this hive mind group think, uh, of, I can't form my own movie opinions. Yeah. I think it's taking away from enjoyment for some people. They're like, if they hear something is mid mid, <laughs> you know, they're like going to predestined to not like it. Um, sure. I think that's happening more and more. Also like shout out to, everyone liking Eternals when it came out of it, when they came out of it in our group anyway. Right. And then uh, later it, it's like, I hated an, that movie. An article came across my thing uh, someday recently said Marvel's worst movie is getting a, or is getting a sequel or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what Thor, the dark world. <laughs> it's like, uh, Oh no, the Eternals definitely not Marvel's worst film. Okay. Go on. <sighs> Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's People, a whole thing. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I got problems. I mean, no shade if you don't like Eternals. I know a lot but, of people sure. genuinely don't, but my only problem is when you change your opinion vastly and then pretend, like you said, Michael, that you always had that opinion. You know, that annoys right. me. Right. Right. Yeah. I tried I, I tried for like 30 seconds to defend the Dark Tower film. I tried to <laughs> I tried to lie to myself for 30 seconds. That's that's how long that's how long I lasted, you know. And then it's. I'm it's trying bad. to think of movies that I've lied to myself about. Like I don't know if it doesn't happen. Well, I mean, I don't think we do that. I think we're. I think I really went hard for Avatar when it came out. I was a child. You? Well, you we were a child, kid. But that doesn't still, count. I like loved that movie, and I saw that it like four count. times in theaters. You were a a little boy, Dylan. I was not. I think I was in like middle high school. I was not uh not that young. Too too old, too old enough I to know say. better. Yeah, idiot. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Some more news. Um, this one is more of a roast than a a, new, a news headline. Um, we're talking about for. the Batgirl directors. Uh, the the guys. I don't remember their names. Um, the guys who did Miss Marvel, the first and last episode. Yes. 
Um, they're directing the Batgirl movie for HBO. And they have, in case y'all don't remember, you have Michael Keaton, Batman, and you have J.K. Simmons, uh, Gordon, right. which is like different DC universes, you know? And then you have this new Batgirl who's not a part of either universe so far, you know? Um, and the director said they would ask... This is what they're saying. We would ask, oh, you have J.K. Simmons from the Snyderverse and we got Michael Keaton from the Burtonverse. What's the situation here? And they would say, talking about DC, um, don't worry about it. We got a plan. And, um, and then the director said, well, they never really explained that to us. <laughs> so even after, like, they just... I think they're just saying, I don't know. Uh, go with it. I don't <laughs> think there's a plan. Uh, maybe I'm too cynical, but... I No, I, I think that's a good read, honestly. Is there a plan, Michael? What's the plan? They don't have one, Dylan. I I think, if anything, we've proven that Warner's does not have a plan for this. I know that the Flash is going to have multiverse stuff. Well, yeah, because Dylan, multiverse is popular. Marvel did I it. I know. Multiverse is popping right now. We love it. We love BVS after Civil War. You know, the... the uh, oh, God. The tropes have to go hand in hand with Marvel and DC, but... Um, Short of Flash coming out before Batgirl, and then at the end of Flash, they shatter the multiverse, and different characters are in different each other's universe, and they don't know it. Like I don't see how that there could be a plan here for this, but um, I, it doesn't sound like there is one. Maybe I'm just applying all of their past behavior to to this, which is fair. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's see. Um, this is a. This is also not new. I guess I don't have a lot of news this week, huh? A lot just, of roasts. Ta- just talking points. Um. So the the Russo brothers are making the rounds, doing interviews because they have the Gray Man coming out. Oh yeah. Um. And they were talking about they weighed in, of course, or I guess everyone in interviews gets asked about this now. The streaming versus theater experience, you know. Uh-huh. And we got a, I like a different take from them. I think than what we've normally heard. Um. They said we love everything about classic cinema, but we've never Classics been pressed yeah we've never been precious about the way in any way shape or form um what has always excited us most about the question um it's how do you move forward this is part of the philosophy in terms of not being precious about theatrical distribution um he said a thing to remember i'm skipping ahead there's more to yeah, it yeah. but a thing to remember too is it's elitist notion to be able to go to a theater it's very effing expensive <laughs> so this idea that was created that we hang on to that the theater is a sacred space is bs so this is like the inverse i feel like of what we normally hear Mike. wow um well you know, i have a counter to the you can go first but no, no no go ahead let me hear your counter my counter is that if your interest is not being elitist you shouldn't assume that everyone has a smart device high-speed internet and pays a monthly subscription to netflix ding 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 it's much cheaper to go to the theater. Tell me you've only been to New York and LA without telling me. Right? <laughs> tell like me there's, tell there's, me $20 a month is nothing to you without telling me. You know, like right. there's plenty of people who go to their local movie theater that is very cheap. It's not an AMC, it's you know Dave's Theater in Pikeville, Kentucky, right? That like that's what they do. I mean, not saying that rural Kentucky yeah. doesn't have internet, but like, you know. It's different. Or street, <laughs> just flat streaming service. Some people can't afford Netflix. It's expensive now, you know? Yeah. The, the, I, I, I fluctuate between different streaming services all the time, but I have my 
regal subscription that gets me every new movie that comes out you know mm-hmm. yeah i th- i, I, I think that's a, that's a weird it's a weird take but i mean it makes sense that uh people that are um so closely associated with marvel films as they're going more embracing the streaming route uh that they would agree with that you know you i mean you're not going to see like a david lynch saying that you know what i mean it's just annoying when people take like why do you have to take a hard like all or nothing hot hot take stance on this you know can't you just be like oh it'd be cool if movies came out in both and people had options and you know like right i mean you'd lose you'd lose theaters you would have less theaters if that was the case but you know so be it yeah that's what that's what we're moving towards anyway like less theaters and then same day on both because there's yeah. there's plenty of movies that I would love to see, but like, I'm so busy. Like, I don't need to, I'm not going to be able to make the time to go see a movie every week. I would love to, but I just can't, you know, I think out in the theater start window. You're right. Right. I would, I could definitely watch a new release movie every week at my house, you know, but anyway. yeah, I just thought it was funny that he was calling people elitist with an extremely elitist hot take you while know? being while being very elitist himself yes <laughs> uh oh well i mean he's a millionaire right. you, you have to understand um I, I, yeah i don't i guess the <laughs> the emmy uh awards or nominations were just announced and there's um some some marvel ones okay you know there's the like all the ones that you should check out that aren't marvel and star wars but um, what if was nominated for outstanding animated program um, really? Hawkeye for best stunt coordination best stunt performance Loki uh, got six nominations for production design cinematography uh, costumes music um, so all the technical categories there I don't think there were right. any major nominations for anything other than Chadwick Boseman for oh. his what if episode sure when okay. he played the Star-Lord uh, T'Challa, which was really great, and so I understand. But um, are you, uh, Michael, well, personally devastated by the fact that there were no big oh uh, Dylan, MCU noms in the major categories? Um, so am I upset by the snubbing that there was? Yes, I am devastated. I'm beside myself. Um, how dare they not nominate Falcon and Winter Soldier for best miniseries? Okay, well, wait, wait. Well, that was last year. And was it? it got a nomination for best guest actor with Don Cheadle. Hmm. So they I don't got it. These things come out. Yeah, it all blends together. Every it's only been one year of Marvel to me, but the but, only one that has picked up any real nominations is best miniseries for an actor and an actress for WandaVision. Right. Which it deserved. It did. Just it saying. was good. Elizabeth um, Olsen was fantastic. What if it's surprising though? Honestly, as outstanding animated program, like what if it was fine? I strongly disagree with not you with the nomination. Okay. Like I think what if was fine. <laughs> like I don't like was, I mean, I, I don't watch a lot of animated. So like, I don't know what else came out, but like, surely if that's the cream of the crop, then like, well, you know, this is a bunch of out of touch old dudes being like, what's a cartoon. Oh, a Marvel cartoon. That's cool. You know? Like, yeah. I feel like that's what happened. Probably. Um, I'm looking up which what else got nominated for uh original outstanding animated program was it yeah like I don't even know what's out R- Rick and Morty like they still make that I'm hoping Arcane did because that was such a good you know uh, they didn't 
but that was so good. Yeah, okay, Arcane like, did. Arcane okay. did. Whew, all's right in the world. Don't worry. Um, I'll get back to this, but uh, there's another. I have another Marvel news. Um, <laughs> okay. The Ironheart series that's coming out. Yes. Um, we're gonna see her first in Black Panther in November. I'm very excited about that. There were some merch leaks with her design on it, and it's very. Uh, don't get your hopes up. It's very. Uh, Mark One Iron Man looking. Sure. He makes it out of cars, I think. So, um, you know, it's not like the sleek Ironheart one that, that we know from the comics. Battles on in the comics, yeah. But um, that's fine. Yeah, but we're gonna see we're gonna see her that, but then she's getting her own show, and they added a villain to it. Um, a villain. It's gonna apparently gonna be the son of Obadiah Stane, the Jeff Bridges, right? Yeah, Jeff Bridges yep. from Iron Man One. His character, I guess, he has a son, and he's gonna be. He's going to be the villain and he's going to be played by. Sure. I didn't look this up, but I'm going to say Alden Ehrenreich. That sounds right. I'm, I'm not looking <laughs> right. at it. I don't, I'm not looking at it. So. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Ehrenreich. That's that's definitely Ehrenreich. Cool. Yeah. Uh, you'll, you guys know him from the solo, a Star Wars story movie. Was he solo? He was solo. Yeah. You know, you, I thought he was good. by himself. Maybe we should oh, call God. him Han Solo. <laughs> You should go by your middle name. Solo. Solo. <laughs> Honeyest um, Solo. His last name is a Star Wars story. Um, <laughs> I hate it. It was okay, but anyway, I thought I know everyone hates this movie, and I didn't. I don't really remember much about it, but I thought he was pretty good, and I like him in this other movie called uh, "Beautiful Creatures." It's a bad yaw from the bad yaw era. I don't think I saw that one. He was good in that as well. So was he? Yeah. So good. this is good news for me. Are you excited about Obadiah um, Jr.? I'm sure he has a name, but you know. Obadiah too. Yeah, I mean, he was good in Star Wars Story. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, in Solo. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> How dare you? Well, this is the only Star Wars story. So, when I was Rogue One called that? No, I think Rogue One was just Rogue One. Mm. I should avoid talking about Star Wars. Gonna yeah, cool, we're gonna. I'm someone's upset. I'm. They sure. don't know anything. Why are they qualified to talk Ooh. about Star Wars? Um, Okay, the animated features are Arcane. Bob's Rogue One Burgers. is Rogue One. Rogue One is a Star Wars story. Okay, cool. At least I corrected myself. Okay. Yeah. I'm good learning. job. Good I'm catch, growing. Dylan. Um, Arcane, Bob's Burgers, Rick and Morty, Simpsons. What if? Simpsons. Yeah, Still that's on? it actually. And I love the Simpsons, uh, but come on. Okay. How about interesting? Okay, um, so Arcane wins. That's all my news, though. It okay. Better. It won't though. Well, be what if? <laughs> right. It it probably will be, but uh, let's hear about this live sale. I bet you didn't know that we host a weekly live streaming comic sale. Dust off your old Facebook account or borrow your grandma's login. Join us every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Central. Bedrock City is the only verified blue check comic store on Facebook, meaning we're better than everyone else. It also means that we're trusted to bring you brand new quality key issues, comic bundles, variants, and more every week at super affordable prices. Even if you've already spent all your money on Fortnite skins like me, you can still join just to hang out and chat comics with Kevin Austin and me. For all the details not covered here, or if your auditory processing disorder didn't allow you to comprehend anything I just said, head over to bedrockcity.com live to read all the details. Hashtag ad. And we are back. And before we get to my news, we are going to do our picks of the week. I'm going to go first. I'm picking an IDW book this week. Ooh. A- an original IDW book. So this is kicking off the IDW Originals line. 
uh, which I hear is going to be a good line. Uh, that's I've I've heard the same thing. Uh, I've read a couple of the previews and they're they're really exciting. So um, uh, typically IDW is kind of like Titan in that they do a lot of licensed books like Transformers and Turtles and things like that. Um, or whereas Titan does, you know, Doctor Who and uh, other books, <laughs> Blade Runner. Uh, and IDW typically does, you know, Transformers, Turtles, uh, My Little Pony, Rick and uh, not Rick and Morty, whatever licensed books. Um, but anyway, they have a new line starting this week called IDW Originals. Um, and the first book uh, is out this week and it's called Dark Spaces Wildfire, uh, written by Scott Snyder. Uh, and I don't remember who does the art. I apologize. I think it's Hayden Sherman. Elsa something? No. Okay. Maybe. I don't know, I I don't know who. Uh, it doesn't say it on the cover that I'm looking at. So there it is. But anyway, it's a um, it's a miniseries about uh, a group of uh, female firefighters. Um, it, the first issue was really interesting. So uh, come and check that out for sure. My pick is the event, the summer event of the summer. <laughs> wow. The summer event of the summer. Go on. For, for Marvel. It is called AXE Judgment Day. Dylan, I can't see because of your ring light. You're washed out. I don't out. have a ring light. That's just my monitor, okay? Oh, oh my God. Well, look at that. Take the Axe. brightness down. Axe. You know what AXE stands for? Um, No. Yes, you do. I do. Go ahead. It's on the cover. Okay. It's a Avengers X-Men Eternals. So I know you've been wanting, not you, y'all have been wanting an intro to the Eternals in the comics. Here it is. Yeah, get ready. So my Eternal is showing up. Yeah, Ajax is here. Ajax. Uh, so the Rob Stark. The premise is that the Eternals find out that what the mutants got going on in Krakoa with the they can't die, reproducing really quickly, basically, you know. And they're like, "Oh wait, no, these are we've sworn to protect the Earth from deviants, which is like non-human things, I guess. Yes, mutants, mutated Ugh. things." So they're like, they're getting Gross. too powerful. They can't die. We're not going to have that. So they're now their plan is to take out the take out the mutants, the X-Men. So I don't know how the Avengers fit into this. I assume they're going to play have the sides Avengers and be like, everyone stop fighting. Wah. We um, need to have something spell out Axe, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, it couldn't just be... Oh, it could be the X. Come on. Yeah. They did IVX. Could it be EVX. Yeah, well, IVX was infer- inferior to... Uh... AVX. So you're right. Either way, this looks pretty exciting. It does. Uh, it's by Kieran Gillen and Kieran Gillian. Kieran Gillian. Kieran Gillian. All right. Um, let's get to my news here. So starting with gaming news, I have two pieces of tabletop news this week. Um, Roll20, uh, the biggest uh, virtual tabletop platform, which is a website where you can go play D&D and such with your friends, um, is partnering up with DriveThruRPG, the biggest um, digital game storefront. And there's multitudes of games on there that you can't ever get in print that are just PDF only digital copies. Um, and yeah, so this is actually super exciting because as someone who has spent a significant amount of time, I'm talking hundreds of hours, um, doing campaign prep, uh, on roll 20, um, what they're going to have now is all of the stuff that you own on drive through ports over into roll 20 and you could just open up the PDF in there, copy paste, do stuff rather than do a bunch of goofy formatting that um, you didn't have that you had to do before. And it, I I'm very annoyed that it took them this long. 
but either way, very exciting. If you play virtually, this is huge news for you. Um, very, very exciting. And if you don't use Roll20, um, you should check it out. If you play something like D&D that has a lot of combat or miniatures, it does. Like I, I play Mask Vampire the Masquerade, and we've run that plenty of times on, on just a voice chat. Like it doesn't really need a map. Like Dylan and right. I played the Green Knight uh, one uh, during COVID one time. We played the A twenty four exclusive uh, Green Knight RPG, and that one we played just over voice chat because uh, it didn't really need a map or anything. Like I didn't really need to track where anybody was for for combat. So that makes if, sense. If you play any combat games, Roll Twenty is fantastic and. 100% worth your time. Now, speaking of D&D specifically, um, I have a problem with this. So there's, there's a... Okay. Um, Doctor Who has a game coming out called Doctors and Daleks. And it is a... Mm. So Cubicle... I'm sorry. Cubicle 7 has a game coming out. Doctor Who is the, is the license. Cubicle 7 is a company that makes RPGs. Um, they have a Doctor Who role-playing game that uses its own system and is very good. Um and it is it's been out for 10 plus years and is very well respected and people like it um so but now um they have doctors and daleks which is a fifth edition conversion uh fifth edition dungeons and dragons for doctor who and my problem is is that fifth edition is is it's too much this is not what this is not what, what dungeons and dragons is for dungeons and dragons is not meant to just emulate any idea you have it it's um Wait, what it, do you mean by that meaning like so people will this is very common to, to homebrew stuff like um let's make a star wars mod for fifth edition when there's multiple star wars games that already exist and are good and are playable and are officially licensed and that you're not retrofitting it to fit the system that it wasn't designed to do like D D is a combat simulator essentially um okay it is it's it's an it's a D was created by people who were doing tabletop miniature wargaming and wanted to play it on a smaller scale i mean there's loot there's puzzle solving or whatever but ultimately DD is a combat simulator and which is fine but that would be like doing the doctor who is not a combat show you know what i mean it's scooby-doo shenanigan type show right like it's mystery solving and going around space with your friends and being funny and telling like relationships, not yeah. so much a big fight. So I think when you're reducing stuff to, Oh yeah, it's the fifth edition version of it. It's just kind of whack. There's, there's a Facebook group called I'm begging you, please play another RPG. And it's just all this type of <laughs> stuff. People sharing all their like, the, like the movie stories. one. Um, yes. It's, it is I'm just begging like, you please watch another movie. Yeah. Another film. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, it is identical to that, to that group, except it's making fun of people who think D and D is the only way. Um, it's like I really want to play a, a Cthulhu game, but like in D and D, I'll just play Call of Cthulhu. No, no, I need Cthulhu in my D and D. Okay, fine, <laughs> go ahead. Um, there are plenty of other games to expand your horizons with uh, at Bedrock City. Uh, also on, on Drive Through RPG, you can play those online. But anyway, um, moving on, I have some horror news. I think the remainder of my news is horror news. Well, the final one is supposed to be, but isn't. Um, so there is a new company called Neon Noir, um, which I've never heard of before, but Neon Noir is a 
genre also that the internet has sort of come up with um, to describe a bunch of movies that fit the same aesthetic, like a giallo aesthetic or a retro wave aesthetic, something like bright colors, shiny lights. Dr- I think Drive would be the most popular film in that like subgenre. Um, so anyway, like so, Last Night in Soho, would that count? Yeah, totally. Malignant? No. Um, it's more. But, it's probably more neon noir than Giallo, Malignant, right? Um, probably. I don't know. You, maybe. you have to pick. I, I'd have to. I, I'd have to see Malignant again, and I don't really want to do that. It, the movie's very blue, right? You do like, have to see it again. Yeah. Um, I don't. It's red. Is it? Is it a red movie? It's a red. It's one of the red movies. Yeah. Okay, it's one of them red movies. Anyway, moving on. Sorry. And, yeah. Anyway, so um, <laughs> there is a. Normally, I wouldn't cover a still frame. Um, but I just find this interesting. So there's a there's a still release for this uh, upcoming Giallo slasher movie entitled That's a Wrap. Um, and it's very pretty. It has lots of great colors. And it is what you want from a Giallo. Um, we don't know much about the film at this point. Um, but anyway, it's being directed by Mar- Marcel Walls, who did Pretty Boy and Blood Feast. I'm, pretty Boy is good. I don't know Blood Feast. Um, I don't know much about it, but I'm kind of excited that we're going to have a, a whole production company dedicated to this type of uh vibes that's cool um, yeah if, if you want a recommendation uh, go go look up this this still still shot and you'll see exactly what i'm talking about um type type in that's a wrap slasher you'll see it um anyway if you want a recommendation go check out the last matinee it's a fantastic um argentinian movie that came out last year uh and it definitely has that aesthetic and it has somebody eating an eyeball which is really cool Ooh. yeah we love to see it um now, Dylan, remember Fear Street? I love Fear Street. All three of them. All three of them. Me too. Um, well, um, there was an interview with R.L. Stein, the creator of Goosebumps and Fear Street. And he says, I hear rumors about more Fear Street movies for Netflix because the first ones did so well last summer. Those films kind of shocked me because they were all R-rated and I've never done anything R-rated all those teenagers were getting slashed. And I was like, suddenly I have a slasher movie, which is very true because his movies are, his kids, his books are for children. Um, But Bloody Bloody Disgusting has confirmed that the rumors are in fact true. And Netflix is very deep into the development of more Fear Street. Uh, That is all we know other than Bloody Disgusting is officially confirming that it is happening. So I'm excited about that. I'm definitely all about that. because It's an untapped market, I feel like. It, it is. All the teen scary movies are like PG thirteen, and that's not what they want to see. They want to see the R rated Fear Street girl gets her head put in a bread slicer. You know, like <laughs> right. that's what we all. Re- when you boil down humanity, that's all what we all want to see. I mean, know? that's what that's what I'm here for, right? Like, I'm not doing anything else with my time. I like. Um, I want more horror movies with a yaw. Uh, with a yaw like flavor, tone, a yaw tone, but an R-rated slasher gore level. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have more Scream Six news. Um, Samara Weaving is joining the cast. Ready player not ready. Re- I'm sorry. Ready or not alum. Um, <laughs> ready player not. Ready player not. <laughs> I mean, let's go. Um, anyway, up. Uh, oh, according to Bloody Disgusting Horror Maven, Samara Weaving. Um, she is in the Babysitter, which is fantastic as well. Just saying. I don't think I saw that one. I did. And she's also in Mayhem and Ash versus the Evil Dead. Um, but huh. she is joining 
uh, Scream Six, along with Tony um, Revolori, who I don't, who was in Spider Man Homecoming and No Way Home, and I don't know them by name. He's so. um, the Hobgoblin. No, not Hobgoblin. The other Eddie. Ed. No, what's his name? The bully. Oh, Flash. Oh, gosh. Yeah, Flash. There you go. Thanks. Okay. Cool. All right. Um, so there we are. Um, that is exciting. I like. I like Samara Weaving a lot. So. Very cool. I hope. Do you think she'll be the opening scene girl? Ooh. That'd be kind of cool. I, I don't know. I feel like, well, actually, I was going to say maybe they've over, maybe they need to not do that every time. But that's kind of the thing, right? Like, well, they subverted it in the last one and she survived, you know? So that was kind of cool. true. But as long as it's not Kirby, because you, know, you know I'm a Scream 4 stan. I, I know Hayden, Hayden Panettiere is coming back. So I was going to say, yeah, did you, did you know that she was coming back? So, yeah, I'm um, hoping it's not just a uh, opening scene Kirby thing. Yeah. Hope, hope so. So we will obviously keep you fully up to date on all the scream six news. Final news here this week. We've talked about it multiple times. Rob zombies. The monsters has a trailer. Uh, also it's coming to Netflix, which is wild. So, um, this trailer dropped uh, today, yesterday, recently, sometime, um, and it's bad. <laughs> uh, it's very, very bad, uh, and that's hard for me to say because I really, really like Rob Zombie's first two movies. They are you phenomenal, tried. man. If House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, top notch. That's very good. Um, everything else is kind of mid. Um, I would say Halloween's actually pretty bad. Um, I like Halloween too more. Um, the cartoon's good. Haunted World of El Super Bisto is good. But anyway, um, so he's directing the monsters. Um, or he's he has directed directing. it. It's done. Um, and it is coming to Netflix. And the trailer is atrocious. It looks remarkably cheap. Like it's shockingly bad right like shockingly low budget looks like i don't know like it looks like a web series like a youtube something like yeah with like it looks very unprofessionally lit and yeah staged and like it looks like there's enough money because you can make things look good with no money you know it just looks like incompetently done yeah and it doesn't have that rob zombie filter on it um yeah i don't know if you've seen Right. Have you seen have you seen House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects? Um, House of a Thousand Corpses. Okay. Well, they, they all kind of look like that. They stopped. Actually, no, really, all of his movies have looked like that. 31 <laughs> Halloween is the most aesthetically not like that. But yeah, this is gross to look at. You should go watch this trailer because it's remarkable how bad it is. Um, it is coming to Netflix on someday um i don't know when it doesn't really matter i'm not gonna watch it i was gonna watch it and because i do generally like rob zombie and i was hoping he could recapture his uh old days but this looks like you know how in snl they have like three days to put something together and film it like when it's one of the pre-recorded snl parodies it looks like that yeah and you know what and the lighting is a really spot-on thing now i understand like i was expecting it to look hokey like on purpose like the like the show was hokey you know corny and lame that was like the charm of the show but this isn't charming at all 
Yeah, well, I think it looks like Spirit Halloween. Like someone put a Phillips Hue on the floor. Okay, so let me ask you, Dylan. We haven't seen the trailer yet for Spirit Halloween. <laughs> Will it be worse than this? Putting you on the spot here. If What's that's be- intentional, then I'm okay with it. If it looks like this, like, and it's supposed to look like a Spirit Halloween commercial, then I I could see it, you know? But sure, I, something tells me it's not what we're going to get. So it'll be equally unforgivable. Wow. Well, I can't wait. Um, (laughs) But anyway, let's hear about all these tabletop events. Now it's time to give you the rundown on all of the awesome upcoming tabletop events for the month of July. All exact dates and formats can be found on our Discord server. Kicking it off with Keyforge. We run two events a month at our Clear Lake location from 7 p.m. till around 9 Keyforge is the perfect game for casual and hardcore card game players. We also love our role-playing games. Once a month at our Clear Lake store, we host an in-store one-shot RPG for players of all skill levels. Players don't need to bring anything. All play materials, dice, pencils, and character sheets will be provided. There is no entry fee, however we do ask that you make a purchase of any size from the gaming department on the day of the event. Seats are very limited, and sign-ups are only open for about three weeks before the event. And of course, I can't forget about Paint Club. Every month we get together and paint some tabletop RPG miniatures. These events are for painters of all skill levels, including none. These events occur at Arcady and Clear Lake locations. We'll see you at the game tables. And we are back, and we are going to talk about the last half of the Ms. Marvel uh, season. I was going to say series, but I don't know if there's going to be more or not. Um, They're better. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, Also, spoilers. Um, I don't think we said at the top of the show, but it doesn't really matter till now. Spoilers, if you haven't finished it, uh, we are going to uh, fully spoil the series and any and all post-credit scenes. So, uh, if you don't... They've heard them already. I, the I, I stayed spoiler free. Well, you I have didn't... some kind of uncanny ability eh, uh, to not uh, to not to avoid spoilers. But um, uh, he said anyone it. who anyone who's listening to us, I feel like, is on Marvel what, Talk and what Marvel are, what, Twitter. What are we? Some kind of Suicide Squad? <laughs> what are yeah. we? Some kind of uncanny universe? Okay. Um, <laughs> God, I'll never do that again. I apologize, listeners. Um, anyway, so Ms. Marvel episode four um i okay so i've been extraordinarily busy i actually didn't watch any of them until today um i watched the first three as we were were reviewing them but i knew that we were recording this last in a chunk so i decided to hold them off and watch them all at once and honestly i thought that worked out really well for me um it does for the podcast yeah definitely Uh, and probably it was probably a good experience watching all three right Definitely, because I thought um, I know some people said episode four was a little bit slower and I I felt it. I definitely felt it, but it it didn't bother me at all rolling right into five because they, they pair very well together because they they're do. sort of yeah. very connected. But uh, what are your thoughts on episode four, Dylan? Episode four was my least favorite one, but um, something had to be the least favorite one. You know, like it's a, I thought overall each show was fantastic and this one was just great. Um, and, uh, I thought it was the opposite of slow. I thought I had a little bit too much. Um, and that the red dagger stuff, we got a lot of exposition with the red we daggers did. and I would have preferred if we had just streamlined it to 
focus more on the clandestine uh, yeah, people. I agree with you. It feels like we didn't need them for anything. Very, for I mean, they didn't add a lot. They kind of came and went, and I don't. I think you could have written around them and given more time to the clandestine, who I would have liked to have seen more from. So I agree. That it like that's literally my only complaint with this whole show is the red dagger stuff didn't resonate with me. But um, I thought, what's his name? The main red dagger. He oh, was, I, uh, I I couldn't tell you his name. I thought he was pretty cool. He was pretty charismatic, and he had good chemistry with with Kamala. Um, but I agree. And they, this was our, the first episode where, well, the premise of the episode is Kamala and her mom go back to Pakistan because her grandmother, Sana, asks them to come back to basically explain the Bengal, you know, the, right. the family situation. So we got to, we have to look backwards to see what's going on. Um, but we learn in the episode that the, what the clandestine's up to, because at this point we don't really know. And they're trying to break the veil of the Noor. And yes. basically open up a they're trying to go home to their own dimension and they're trying to open up a portal which will of course engulf our dimension and ruin everything. Of course, and, yeah, in yeah. the world as we know it. Yes. yes. Big um, a typical ba- big bad evil guy stuff. Yeah. And I think like the 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 good parts of that came from the family dynamics. Like uh, as, even as is the, the strength of the entire show. Right. Yeah. The plot itself, like I, I realize that sounds kind of lame. Um, me just telling you that part of the story, but that's like right. Honestly, not important. Honestly, even the villains aren't important in this show. I Sorry. completely I, I completely it's agree. Kamala. It's Kamala is the star of the show and she steals it, and Iman Vellani is awesome. Totally it it is her show and honestly doesn't need a she's so a, great a big complex villain story. Did because, you see her Reddit AMA? No. It was fantastic. She did one on r slash Marvel Studios. Oh, nice. Okay. And she's just the way she talks about Marvel is very much like unprofessional, but in a charming way, you know? Sure. Well, she's like, not the seasoned say, veteran, right? She'll say things that she doesn't like and, you know, stuff that worked and didn't and stuff like that. Really? Okay. It's really, it's <laughs> really refreshing, you know? Okay. Um, but yeah, I agree. She's great. Um. This episode was kind of to me a lead into the next one. I don't know yeah, about it's you. A, it, yeah, no, absolutely. Four um, definitely works better with five following immediately after. Um, if I if I had had that week gap, did you you watch them week to week, right, Dylan? Yeah, I had the gap. Okay. Um, I think with the gap, it's four is weaker because you're just left with, all right, well now what. And then, you know, it's, it sort of ends with um, not, it's not, it doesn't have a very satisfying ending. And you know that there's, there's going to be more Pakistan stuff. And it's like, well, that you, don't get, you don't get much resolution um, in, at the end of episode four. Yeah. But I it's really kinda like, yeah. Remember how like shows used to do part one and part two? Like, yes. Call, mm-hmm. it, call it that. It's almost that in my opinion. Definitely. Because getting into episode five, um, I really liked episode five. Well, episode five was intense. Um, it was, and not in a superhero-y way. Honestly. Not at all. Like episode five was very serious, very emotional, emotionally charged, I should say. Um, that episode five was actually my favorite episode of the se- of the series. I was very good. Um, it was fantastic. 
Yeah. I like Lori wasn't watching or was trying not to watch, but was like too riveted to look away. <laughs> Why was she trying like, not to watch? Because movies like because things like that stress her out. Like okay, uh yeah. Uh, drama or anxiety in movies or whatever. Um, this was a stressful episode. I agree. Extraordinarily so. Um, you you get like the 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 start of the partition, right? That we we've been hearing about, um, and mm-hmm. having to flee, and her grandmother as a young child, and all that stuff with um, Aisha. What's her name? Aisha. Um, yeah, and Hassan. Hassan. Yeah. Great grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Man, it almost like took a break from being Miss Marvel and was like a little bit historical uh-huh. drama for a second, you know. Obviously laced with MCU magic stuff, but still like I'd never really I don't know about you, but I'd never really seen nope the partition. No, I don't. I maybe don't know not even heard about it. it. I don't know. I've never yeah. even heard of it. I'm I'm I I am sorry if that. Yeah. I mean that is a cultural blind spot for me for sure. Um, I don't know anything about. I know very little about the history of India, Pakistan, and that whole region. I know very little about it. Um, yeah. I know what I learned in, you know, <laughs> high school and junior high school. You know what I mean? Um, so it was very nice to see what felt like realism blended with, um, as Dylan said, the MCU like magic bits, but like it was mostly a very grounded episode. I mean, in the fact that we we're also dealing with a magic bangle that gives you powers, but like um, aside from that, it was a very character-driven episode, and it was just phenomenal. Uh, yeah, because really, it, it was like not about the DOD or DODC storyline or the Red Daggers. Really, it was like just about. Aisha and Hassan and their daughter, Sana, Kamala's grandmother, mm-hmm. um, escaping. And we needed to learn more about that because we wanted to learn more about the Bengal. We've been hearing about this the whole show, you know, like, oh, her her mother's crazy, you know, that that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. um, everything that that's what another thing I like about this is everything that they promise or like tease or lay the groundwork for, like is delivered upon, you know? Yes. Because um, they, the, yeah, the, the whole thing about the, the trail of stars led me back to your father and they've been saying that the whole time and everyone dismisses uh, Sana as just like, Oh yeah, you're just telling stories. Everyone's got a partition story. Yours is this. Sure, sure, sure. And then you get the extremely emotional moment where, you know, uh, Kamala gets transported back uh, via the bangle and you find out that she is the one that created the stars that led. Oh man, it's just so good. They paid yeah. everything off. This is how you do it. This is it. This is this is the best Marvel Disney Plus show, as far as I'm concerned. It's very very good. Um, man, yeah, it could I, have ended here if they didn't I, have other DODC stuff to wrap up. Honestly, that's what, that's what Lori was saying because she hadn't seen the previous three. She'd seen episode four with me today because we were both home. Um, and she's like, is this the end? It's like, no, there's one more. She goes, there's one more. Why? Yeah. That was the end. I was like, yeah, but there's other stuff with back in Jersey. She goes, oh, okay. And I think that's because of like the reason it is a little separate, separated like that is because we've been wanting, or I've been wanting like more of a TV format, you know, and this wrapped up an arc or a, a thread, you know, yeah. and I was like, oh, there's still this other big thing to deal with. And that doesn't bother me. I think that would bother me in a movie, you know, like if these plot lines just like randomly in a disjointed way 
started and ended in the middle, but it works for a show in my opinion. So it was I, I agree. Satisfying. This, this has been the most TV like, um, I think the story that we've been told they've been telling so far this season or for this whole season would not have worked as a film. Um, I agree. I think it would have had to just be maybe the New Jersey stuff with the mm-hmm. DODC, you know? Yeah. And I think it would have been, I mean, it still would have been good, of course, but like, I think we really got a lot out of episode four and five, but moving on to six, Dylan. The big one. The, the big one. Yes. The one everyone's talking about. The one everyone is upset they didn't watch. Because I, I, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of people who have been like, I'm not, I don't really care about Miss Marvel. It I know. It looks inconsequential. Uh, Dude, I've been telling everybody, like, people are like, oh, I haven't watched it yet. It's like, what are you doing? It's hard to get people to watch it for some reason. It um, took like 30, 40 minutes. It's, yeah. And it's great. You watch Moon Knight. You can lead a horse to water, Michael. Okay. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, true. I know I know a lot of these people have, you know, complicated names and it's, you know, different, but like, watch it. It's, you know, <laughs> check, as we've said before, check the reason why you're not watching this show. Be honest with yourself, but go on. Well, there's been, there's also been like a, for like really inexplicable narrative that the show is very Disney channel. And I haven't gotten Disney channel vibe How? literally about anything other than her age. Yeah. Other you other know? than she's a tween or teen or young teen. How old is she supposed to be? 13, 14. She's in high school. I don't know. Freshman probably whatever, however old that is. Yeah. That's 14. But, um, yeah, I see no, I don't get any Disney Channel vibes at all. No, zero. This. I guess like maybe Baby maybe, Driver is Disney Channel as well. Maybe <sighs> you get know. maybe you get that with like uh the Avenger Con and like like the cosplay contest. Maybe. Maybe. But anyway. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Episode six. So this was like we this was wrapping up, like I said, the DODC storyline where yeah. they're hunting a powered individual. There's some mean lady. I can't remember her name. Uh, Diva. I, I don't. Diva. I don't. <laughs> it's not Diva. No, I don't. I I don't yes, I don't, start, I don't remember her it name. It starts with a D. But she's, yeah, and she, and she was just the worst. Like she's just like the most mustache twirly bad guy. Like yeah, ma'am, I hated her. Yeah, like she. I mean, I guess that's that's a weakness, right? Like a non-believable bad guy. Like I guess. I mean, like, I, be- I believe it. I mean, I believe um, it too. But like, she had like zero depth. Yeah, but I. I kind of prefer, especially in debuts when the hero is the focus. I don't need a Loki every time, you know? Oh, I, don't I, need a, I agree with you. Yeah, like a, a Thanos or whatever. But, um, oh, okay. Uh, so <laughs> Dylan just saw me pull up a cat. That's why I'm derailed by, by a cute cat. Who's not um, hiding in my virtual background. This was our most action-packed episode. Uh-huh. We got um, Kamala, Bruno, Nakia, Kamran. Everybody, they They're all, all escape. Back. They all go to the high school basically, and are holding yeah. down holding down the fort from the DODC. Who's In a great Kamran. scene with with the musical number or the music, uh, the soundtrack or whatever. I thought I yeah. thought that scene worked really really well. I was okay, so I got a little nervous for a second when they were doing all their booby traps. Uh huh. I was like, okay, this feels a little Disney Channel, you know? But then it turned out that all their traps sucked and didn't really do anything. And I was like, okay, that's fine, you know? Right. <laughs> like the softballs and the foam. And they had a lot of elaborate, like... It doesn't work against the government. Yeah, these guys with, like, uh, their pulsar guns or whatever. <laughs> right. Um, 
but it worked out exactly as it should have with which was uh kamala and kamran at the end versus the dodc yeah but the there's been some uh hate for the way this wrapped up because i think people maybe wanted like a big fight at the end oh between okay between who i don't know between who i guess kamala and a bunch of soldiers maybe um which there Stop. was some of that, you know, I mean, a little like, bit, but like that's not what the problem was that Kamran was self destructing and she wanted to protect him and also the community, you know, right? Like, I thought that was and compelling enough. She's like the community superhero, like, and I love, I love that she lets him go and creates a hole for him to escape. And then, like, her entire community comes and surrounds her so she can escape from the government. Like, it was awesome. I know. I thought that I was like, I know that was kind of cheesy, but I thought it was it's, really, it was, it was really like touching. It was super cheesy, but like, you know what? Like cheesy is all right. Sometimes it worked here. Yeah. With our, with our current climate, Michael, we could use some cheese, you know? Yeah, exactly. I, I agreed. Um, and it's not even that cheesy because it's like, uh, no, it's very believable. Yeah. Like there are tensions between the government and like Muslim communities and stuff, yes, you know? So absolutely. The, the social commentary, like, uh, if you zoom out and look at it, it's not that cheesy. And it could happen, no. you know? Yes, I, it's very believable. Girl. It rings very true. Um, and I love that her mom bought her a suit. Bought her that her was suit. so, that was, that was amazing. I like, they wrapped up the, uh, they wrapped the it all up. <laughs> yeah, with a bow. This is, there's um, nothing, I don't want anything else. Like, they, they, they did it. I mean, I mean, I want more, obviously, but like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want, I, there's I no more scraps on the I'm table not lacking. that you're like oh, I didn't like, get to that I'm fully satisfied by the show it's fantastic and I um, thought the way like also with her dad um, the way he said her name kind of means Marvel also uh-huh. and I really like the change where they they changed her logo from the lightning bolt to the first letter of her name mm-hmm. on her costume you know yes I thought that was like super genius and a good way to like tie in some more like of her culture you know absolutely because that was the big worry going into this remember that right she doesn't have her stretchy powers are they going to stay true to her character and culture and and although we can't comment on the accuracy of it it the emotional aspect rang true right right and i'm not seeing a lot of complaints about um cultural inaccuracies um i i know i i did see a little bit of talk about um uh the misuse of or put about maybe misusing gin um in some aspects right. i did see some of that um but I, again i don't know enough to to tell you one way or the other um it it worked well in the show um but i i, I and and also they they she said in biggin you know she's she's she said she in biggin yeah she said the line so i mean no she doesn't have the powers that work exactly the same way but like come on but they are shaped the same way yes <laughs> you know yeah, they work, um, they work differently, but they do the same thing. So, but the chill. biggest inaccuracy, Michael. Are you ready to talk about the end of the episode? Uh, the post credit scene. Um, right before the post credit scene. Oh, okay, go ahead. We get a conversation between Kamala and Bruno, talking yes. about her her powers and where they come from. And he said that oh, something yeah. about her DNA not looking like even the other women in her family. It's almost like you have a mutation. Mutation, and then. Uh, and then they played the X-Men little theme yes. right after he said that. Um, 
I don't have a problem with it. I understand the need to streamline and also the the fact that Jeff Loeb ruined Inhumans for the MCU when we can't really... Yeah, they're done. That's done. We can't do that, you know? Maybe so, maybe in 20 years we bring it back, but like... it's It could happen shelved. again. I don't know. I don't know. But I understand you're doing... It's like right... At, she's coming up right as the X-Men are being right. introduced. It just, it so just I think, fits, all right? Like, it's fine. And the creator... Kamala's creator said that she always wanted Kamala to be a mutant, but Marvel was trying to do Inhumans at that time in the comics, so they were like, no, making her an Inhuman. And right. honestly, she's not tied to the Inhumans in the comics. She's just no. an Inhuman. She's not like on She's Adelan, she's inhuman. Attilin, no, she's you know? she's an Inhuman. Like half the people created around that time were Inhumans. Like back when that TV show was coming out, they were, man... Terrigen Mist, Terrigen Mist City, dude. Like everybody's going <laughs> yeah. through the going into that crystal shard, coming out like, oh look, I got wings coming out of my nose, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Like, no. Honestly, in the movie universe, the word "inhuman" and "mutants" could be interchangeable. You know, yes. it's like person with naturally, right, naturally occurring, occurring powers. powers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't bother me. I just, it will be a little weird if she's like on the X Men. It'll <laughs> yeah. be like hard for me to. Adjust. I won't be mad at it, but it'll just look weird to me. No, you'll just make YouTube videos and complain about it. Yeah, I'll call for it to be canceled if they do that. Um, yeah, and then we need to fire Ree Larson. It was a little. <laughs> we'll get to her in a second. Yeah, in a second. Um, it was her, a little role in this. The 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 cheesiest part of this whole show was the little X Men '90s theme when he said mutation. Yes, of course. I thought it was a little corny, a little too corny. A little. I think. I think that's that. Uh, opposing opinion, I think it's not too corny because I think that's a pretty deep fried reference in that like I don't think you're everyone's gonna just pick up on a music cue like that, you know, that doesn't get used. I mean, we do, but yeah, they won't pick up on it, but they'll pick up the something, I think. The way how how insane it was, like a little electric guitar. Yeah. Like I feel like it could have been integrated into the score <laughs> i don't know okay. like a little like a little different like you know like right. a sound not like a mutation like, <laughs> oh is that my brain i was like whoa if it's i somehow didn't have marvel i'd be like well that's something i don't know you know it's like um, well i guess that's important literally splitting hairs though like i mean right basically so it, it whatever it's fine i like five it. out of five no notes i'm glad we're embracing the x-men theme um yes but the after credit scene yes um i know michael you uh, were... The sight of Brie Larson is a big trigger for you. Um, yes, both Cap- of us as as white men. Uh, uh, we, yes, the white yeah. male genocide I, is. I know the queen of that appeared. I know Brie Larson or Re Larson, as we like to call her, um, said that white men aren't supposed to watch her show, or men in general, but like specifically white men are not supposed to watch her movies. So, you know, I saw like it's kind of cruel of them to put it at <laughs> the end to be like psych. You know, like that yeah, was right. Mean, I enjoyed was... it the whole time, and then like, oh no, yeah. my nemesis. There should have been a content warning at the beginning of the episode. I think you know, well, a warning. Brie Larson will be here. Yeah, um, obviously, um, we're kidding. If you're not, familiar. I love Brie Larson. Yeah, we love Brie so Larson. There's they more, know more because Catholic. I've been asking for her to appear as a at the end of the show since it started. So. And you got it. Were you? Did you have okay. it spoiled for you before? Yes. Okay, I did. I saw it on TikTok. Um, okay. I was on vacation and oh, right. I wasn't really like trying to get online and watch Miss Marvel. So 
I right. saw it. I saw it on my feed, but it didn't really take away from it. It made me very excited, regardless. <laughs> I I didn't I didn't get spoiled until I was How? watching it. I don't know. I didn't get spoiled, but I um well because no one's no one's watching this show, so no one's talk no one's talking to me about it, and I'm not. I'm not on Marvel talk. I don't know why. It just never comes up. I, all I get is funny animals and memes. Okay. Uh, um, I need to start liking a bunch of Marvel TikToks. But anyway, um, I, I spoiled myself as I was fast forwarding to the credits. And I go, oh, there it is. There's Brie Larson. Whoops. Okay. Michael, you almost I, made it. I almost made patient. it. I know. Okay. I know I keep saying that's my, this is some blank is my only complaint. But sounds like you actually I, hate the show. Yeah, I actually hate it, and I hope it never comes back. Um, wow. I really like this scene overall. All I wanted was Brie Larson to appear. I wanted them to meet, but I get why you want to save that for the Marvels, you know? Of course. So this was a great way to have Brie Larson in the show, but not have them meet. And I know Nia DaCosta uh, directed the scene, so I think oh. they filmed it um, during the Marvels, like, while they're that filming it. I noticed Koala's hair was different, too, so I'm like, they definitely did it during the movie. Um, but... I just thought it was a little confusing what happened unnecessarily, I, you know? I agree because what, 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 what actually happened in that scene, it looked like she like took over her body or something. What literally happens is Kamala gets sucked into her closet and right. then Captain Marvel, Brie Lars, Captain Marvel doesn't come out. She stands up like from the bottom of the frame. Right. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was like very confused about, Apparently they switched places. Um, that's okay. the prevailing theory. I think that some writer maybe uh, uh, confirmed that that okay. Kamala and something with the Bengals, Kamala and Carol swapped places. Hmm. Um, but it, at, when I saw it, I couldn't tell if Kamala had turned into Carol because he does that in the comics. You know, she right. she can she transforms into Carol when she first gets her powers. Right. But then Brie Larson or Carol was looking around the room, surprised by. The all the posters of her so i was like oh maybe it's not so my my only complaint about that is it wasn't clear enough what happened yeah i agree but again it didn't really take away from it for me no it made me hate the show actually so oh okay i won't be watching um, anymore thumbs down uh don't it's watch. actually my last episode on the podcast um well, it, it really soured you huh yeah re larson uh <laughs> god can we do um, a re larson retrospective episode <laughs> um sure how brave are you, Michael? I'm um, as brave. Are you as prepared Scarlett to lose half was. of our listeners? <laughs> yes. If that's what does it, yeah, absolutely. I'm kidding. Anyone who's still with us isn't of that mind. I don't think. No, I hope not. Um, <laughs> and you've all watched Ms. Marvel, right? Because you should. They have. Yeah, it's so good. Especially if they're listening to this. Yeah, right. I hope so. Um, but anyway, um, I know this is a really hard question before we wrap up, Dylan. But does this Five overtake? Stars. Does it oh, take one? Does it overtake one division? For you, it's okay. So on my letterbox, it's tied with Wandavision. Um. Okay. What do you mean? Um. Oh, you disagree? Well, I, no. Well, no, I do disagree. Yes, I think it's better than Wandavision. However, I don't rate television on my letterbox. Letterbox is for film, Dylan. Okay. The MCU shows are on there for some reason. I know. I don't not, know why. Not not other shows. So I don't. I don't, I don't know what also, admin allowed that. But but I have a big MCU ranking, so I appreciate the ability to include the the shows in it. Oh, that is nice. Yeah. Um. Anyway, maybe maybe, maybe one day, one, maybe one day soon, we'll do a uh, MCU ranking show. Let us know if you want to hear that because uh, we've been talking about it. So, yeah, we'll do it one day. I have yeah. like forty entries in it. Um, we, we did. But... We did it like five years ago when there was like, the end of phase one. <laughs> we maybe we could just rank this phase. 
there's been enough things. Nah, um, do it all. Okay. Anyway, go Dang. on. Okay. Um, yeah, they're two different. You can't make me pick a favorite child. Uh, I think WandaVision was better television as like an event series. Okay. It was like the water cool. It was the Game of Thrones. Every episode ended with the hugest cliffhanger. That was like I agree. I was literally you. mad that it was over, like not being able to see the next one. I didn't get that here, but I got more um like heartwarming, emotional, cheesy resonance, like my bread and butter that I like, you know. So it's very hard to compare. It's like saying what's better, like, you know, hereditary or up, you know. It's like <laughs> sure. They're both great movies. Yeah. So I agree with you. I'm not gonna say which is better. We'll just, save that for the ranking, but I love them both. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> I picked this one. Uh, this is fantastic. Phenomenal. Best Disney Plus show. Absolutely great. Uh, you should go watch it. Um, but I think that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you all so much for downloading us. Bye, everyone. This is Dylan. And I'm Michael. We'll see you next time. Thanks for sticking around for the mid-credits. We can tell you've been trained well. If you want to help us out, please go over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. It'll really help new people find the show, and it will help us to get Rotten Tomatoes verified so we can start affecting those rankings. Then, check out our socials. We're BRC Uncanny on Twitter, Uncanny Universe on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you online.